there's something about him I feel like it's me I'm looking right at him He's literally me Welcome to another episode of Literally Him, a deep dive into Ryan Gosling's filmography. I'm your co-host, Joseph. And I'm your co-host, Emilio. So today we are tackling Place Beyond the Pines, uh, released in 2016. Another CN France. Oh, man. Emilio, how do you say his last name again? The director. Um, I honestly don't know either, but I mean, that has to be close. Derek C. in France. Um, yeah, this movie has a lot of smoking. A lot of people are smoking in it. And it made me want to ask you, what is your current and past relationship with smoking? Well, I started picking up smoking like at 14 or 13 and a half. I know it was like the summer leading into high school. I can confirm because I was there. And there was one point where my freshman year, I think for the first like five months, I was smoking like a pack a week, which is insane because now I have no idea where I was getting that money from. <laughs> um, But it was always kind of, I think like the more time went on, the less frequently I started to smoke. I mean, the less, the less frequently I would smoke in general. And now it's kind of like, uh, like I need like one when I'm out having a drink socially, I'll have one, maybe two. And then that's it. Like, I think the last time I had a cigarette was on 4th of July, actually. But prior to that, I want to say it was like three months prior to that, four months prior to that. So I hardly smoke anymore. But now that I've seen this movie again, I will definitely pick up smoking again. <laughs> yeah, it, it's so funny because every time I see like cool people smoking, it it it, it definitely appeals to me. Um, I <laughs> like, stop yeah. smoking. Like, I'm like, fuck yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> I want heart disease so bad. Um, I stopped smoking like four, five years ago. Um, and it was really stupid because I went to on a Europe trip and in Europe, everyone smokes a lot, really casually. And when I'm hungover, the last thing I like to smell is a cigarette. It gets me yeah. so nauseous. So I was there for 10 days. We were drinking like every night. So I had a hangover like every morning and every morning I would smell cigarettes everywhere. Ooh. And it was kind of like I got hypnotized and now I hate it. Or not hate it, but I just don't, I just don't like it. And then maybe a year ago, we shared a cigarette. And at that point, I was like, yeah, this sucks. I, I'm, I'm never going to do this again. I don't like it. I think I remember that. Yeah. Um, even like, even, even when I'm day drinking, I can't have a cigarette. I don't know if it's just like a thing that my mind associated with. One, I go out at night usually. And. Mm -hmm that's when I'm going to be buzzed. And that's when I went, when I crave a cigarette, but I'd never, I never, ever, ever have the thought of damn, I need like a cigarette throughout the day. But when I'm, I don't know, five drinks in, I'm like, you know, what sounds good. 
a Ziggy. <laughs> a good old Camel Crush. And just pull out a briefcase with like one single Camel Crush. <laughs> like, oh, faithful. It's like a bunch of a bunch of foam, like it's insulated <laughs> yeah. versus to make it soundproof. <laughs> do you think if you were to rob a bank and you get away with it successfully, do you think a cigarette would calm your nerves immediately after? Shit, probably. If I'm being honest, <laughs> just like something to suck on. Um, what? <laughs> uh, just something to like, yeah, I guess to concentrate on. I think actually, I think a cigarette yeah. would kind of help out in a high stress environment like that. Well, what would you do hey, after you rob a bank? I think I would have too much anxiety and I think I would uh, either turn myself in or... <laughs> Oh God! Or fucking <laughs> blow my brains out because I have too oh, much anxiety. <laughs> That's scary. Like I, I um, I hate breaking the rules. I can't even like hang around a person when they do something like lightly naughty, like uh, get a water cup and and put soda in it instead. Like that, I can't handle that shit. I get too anxious. <laughs> You're like, so oh, fuck, they're gonna come over. They're gonna come over. They're gonna come over here. I think in the middle of the bank robbery, I'd be like, oh, never mind. I'm sorry. Uh, have a good day, everyone. <laughs> one of the one of the um one of the securities gonna be like, no, man, you're already you're already in here. You gotta commit now. It's just take peer it, man. pressure you into doing it. And then that's the second thing that I succumb to peer pressure, so then I would continue <laughs> on with it. Oh, okay. Why not? The um so this movie, Place Beyond the Pines, which by the way, I do love the title. I think it's a really good title. Um, released in 2016, Derek C. N. France. And uh we just covered the nice guys, and that was that also came out in 2016. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I, you know what, um <laughs> I think the Place Beyond the Pines came out in 2012. Oh, or really? 2013, oh. yeah. Son of a bitch. All right, let me double check. Yeah, 2012. Damn it. You're right. 2012. What a perfect movie, like, just in case the world ended. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. Uh, that Oh, that's so fucking dumb that we thought. <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh, if this was the last movie I watched, I would be, I think I would be okay with that. I think it would be okay. It's a de- pretty damn decent movie. Yeah. Um, I wanted to start off by saying that the first thing that popped up to me is that this is the first movie that Ryan Gosling did with Ava Mendez and they're fucking married now. They have two kids and they look like they have a pretty good relationship. Yeah. There's a, um, it's kind of funny cause just for some, I guess some background or backstory, this is pretty into my Ryan Gosling or this is pretty like in my Ryan Gosling obsession at the time. Cause obviously mm-hmm. this was like right at the end of high school coming out of high school. Yeah. So I was watching like a bunch of interviews and I was watching the trailer over and over again. Cause it is pretty, um, captivating. There's like yeah. some sense of like thrill to the trailer that, I really liked and the music too. The music is pretty good. Um, I think mm-hmm. the guy who does the scores, Mike Patton and he was in, ah, fuck. He's in some major band or some big band. Maybe it was nine inch nails. I want to say, but um, he, Oh yeah. So 
when I saw the movie. Oh shit! You know what? I already forgot where I was going with this. Fuck. <laughs> oh wow! I had it right there, and now it's gone. Yeah, yeah. This it's, um, my mind's a blank. <laughs> uh, another thing I wanted to point out, uh, because the Barbie press tour is going on, uh, Ryan Gosling has a quote about Ava Mendez that relates back to Place Beyond the Pines, and I want to read it real quick. He said that. Uh, the interviewer asked him about his relationship with Ava Mendez. And he said that in the movie, there was a moment where we were playing of pretending to be a family and I didn't really want to be pretend anymore. Oh God. He worded it kind of funny. Or he's just saying that like, uh, he didn't want to pretend anymore that they weren't a family. And like, it's really like heartwarming and cool to hear that actors found each other on the set and they fell in love and now they have a family together. So like, I think that's another layer that adds to my obsession and likeness or like liking Ryan Gosling is that he just seems like a wholesome person as well. Yeah. That's actually exactly where I was going to go with what I was saying. <laughs> that's funny. Um, cause I was going to say that I was, uh, yeah. Cause I was like obsessed with this dude and I was watching a bunch of interviews about the movie. And then I kind of went back to those interviews that I watched before I or after I watched the movie again and yeah i was gonna bring up that he did say that that he was just so involved and emotionally involved in like pretending to be a family that he was like yeah like let's do this for real and i'm surprised evan mendez was down for that that it is kind of an odd pairing like I, I wouldn't guess that they would be together but i that's awesome like that's really cool for the both of them um yeah let's get into it man let's let's start off with the first scene I want to. Oh, actually, do you have a synopsis ready for us? Yeah, that I wrote myself. Wink, wink. Yeah. Um, right. In upstate New York, two men, Ryan Gosling and Bradley Cooper, and later their sons, Dane DeHaan and Emery Cohen, must deal with the unforeseen consequences of their actions. Yeah, man. Uh, me and Emilio just watched Heat on the big screen. Heat, nineteen ninety five. That was so and, dope. Uh, it was fucking awesome. But um, I liked the narrative in this movie because it really reminded me of Heat. And it's a trope that's done in a lot of other movies where it's you see the perspective of a good guy and a bad guy. And you see that their lives like aren't really that different. But I do like the way that Place Beyond the Pines handles it. Because typically in those movies, you get to see both of them be good at their job. And then at the very end, they have a final clash. But mm -hmm. in this one, it's you start with the bad guy. Uh, the clash happens right in the middle. And then you just see the perspective of the quote unquote good guy. Yeah, um, it kind of like gives it's like three. I've always described it as like three different hero arcs, like three different yeah. um, uh, stories with three different characters in one film. And I think the synopsis kind of does give a good indication as to what it'll be about. Cause it kind of follows like uh, that phrase that's always thrown around, like the sins of the father or like how mm -hmm. uh, sons always pick up on certain things that their fathers uh, pass down to them, whether it be good or bad. So it's kind of like this continuous story that ultimately ends with like the sons. I, I like that you bring that up because uh, this, I, uh, Hey, I have a, 
pretty good relationship with my dad, but <laughs> it did make me think about my dad a lot. Uh, what's like one thing that you carry over from your dad that maybe you don't like too much, but it's definitely something you got from him. Um, maybe like a, like a hard headedness, not necessarily, mm. not necessarily that I'm open to cause I'm, I'm very open minded. I think more like hard headedness when it comes to like seeking help or asking mm. for help. Cause my dad was always very, uh, he just didn't like to ask his parents for help. He would mm. kind of like try to figure it out as much as he can until like he's put in a pretty bad situation and then he'll ask for help. And I haven't been in like a big situation like that. Cause obviously I don't have a family or kids, but right. Um, I do have the tendency to try to figure something out as long as I can. Like, I can't even remember. I can't even remember the last time I went to like a doctor <laughs> or like if something <laughs> bothers me, I'm like, eh, it'll be fine. And I just, like with the, my accident, I still haven't gone to uh, see a doctor, but now I'm thinking I probably should soon. But um, uh, I would say like that's that one one thing I that reminds me. Uh, you uh, you uh, last uh, winter you smashed your your foot into like an oh, ice block. How's your yeah. toe doing? Um, hmm, it's doing fine actually. Okay. I do get like a little cramp every now and then, mm. but nothing too crazy. Sometimes not going to the doctor just pays off. They yeah. just work out. What do, what do they know? <laughs> <laughs> Idiots. And whenever I whenever I see Karana, I'm be like, ah, why are you doing all that? <laughs> <laughs> just ignore it. Yeah. It'll be fine. <laughs> Okay, I'm I'm the I'm really excited to talk about this movie, but I'm most excited to talk about the opening scene uh because it I think this is where a lot of fan cams and like thirst traps for Ryan Gosling come from <laughs> cuz <'Cause> the <laughs> opening shot is Ryan Gosling shirtless, he's ripped, he has a bunch of tattoos and he's playing with the butterfly knife and opening yeah. and closing it really That is really a pretty fast. That is honestly a really dope like captivating opening. Like it's just quiet and this dude's just flipping this butterfly knife in and out in and out and out and they they call his name and he like literally stabs it in his trailer he's like all right <laughs> let's fucking go baby let's rock and roll so he jumps out of a trailer and you can see that this guy whose name is luke works at a carnival and he performs in this stunt show and once again this is another movie where ryan gosling has a badass jacket he has a, badass, a badass red jacket, red jacket. It doesn't pop up too often, but it is like eye catching every time it does. Yeah. Um, so I think his it's part job... of their. Um, oh, sorry. I was gonna say no, I think it's it. part of their, their their uh, act, because it's. I remember it's called, Handsome Luke and the Heartthrobs. Yeah. Which is funny because he, I think he has like the most, uh, noticeable and, kind of bad tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> But he's just like a good-looking guy, so he gets away with it. But yeah, they all That's wear funny. like a red, like a red kind of leather suit thing. Yeah, and his is all red, so he's like obviously the leader. Um, do you want to try explaining what the stunt is that they perform? Um, I actually forgot the name of it, 
but it's essentially you have three motorcycles in a cage which is shaped like a sphere and the two so uh, Ryan Gosling's character Luke would be in the middle the other two are on either side of him and they begin to uh, circle around the sphere and build momentum and I'm assuming they have they've been doing this for a long time because obviously you have to time it and while these guys are going around in a circle uh, Luke begins to go up and around so two motorcyclists are riding horizontally mm-hmm. around the sphere while his character rides up vertically and then they all begin to go off in different directions of avoiding uh hitting each other uh there is a something to note one of the cameramen wanted to get in there and get an angle inside the cage yeah and he actually got hit by a bike and um, yeah. he got a concussion, but he didn't realize it at the time once he woke up. And I think they went to go check on him in his hotel room, and he couldn't even remember who the president was. <laughs> so they had to send Christ. him to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, it happened to uh, the cinematographer, Sean Bobbitt. Yeah. And uh, what was crazy is that uh, Derek C. on France wanted the cinematographer from uh, Blue Valentine to work on the film, but apparently that a cinematographer was like, uh, I don't want to work with you. I know this sounds crazy, but I had a dream where I died on set and I just can't do it. And then lo- and then lo and behold, this dude, Sean oh, Bobby, yeah. gets fucking hit with the motorcycle and almost dies. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I didn't know that. Um, I watched this on Amazon Prime. Did you did you watch it on Amazon Prime? I have it on a uh, Blu-ray. <laughs> oh shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I tried to get like these this uh, steelbook version of it that I actually do want to get now. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I, as soon as it came out on DVD, I was like, I need to own this movie. <laughs> Hell yeah! I mean, yeah, it's a badass movie. We see that the stunt goes well, and then uh, Luke is outside signing some autographs for kids, and up pops up uh, Romina, played by Eva Eva Mendez. Uh, he gives her a ride home. You could tell that they've had like some type of relationship before and she wants to tell him something, but she can't say it what it is. And then he tells her like, well, uh, I'm going to be gone for like a year cause I travel with the carnival, but I'll, I'll see you in a year. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back a year later and he looks up, uh, Romina, Eva Mendes's character and she has a baby. Um, Emilio, how bad would you freak out if this happened to you? Uh, I'd be pretty shocked. I'd probably stick with the carnival and pretend like I didn't <laughs> learn this information. Um, just keep, just keep on going on. Yeah. Life. Just keep on being handsome. Luke and the heartthrobs. Uh, no, I, I would be genuinely shocked. I would be more shocked that no one tried to tell me, but I'm yeah. assuming his character's relationship in that city is very come and go. So he probably didn't even, make friends to begin with so Mm -hmm. there's really no one to tell him but yeah i would be genuinely shocked and then if me and the baby vibed if we were like cool then maybe like like i'd stick around you know (laughs) what if not yeah it's yeah fuck that baby man if if like that baby's not cool (laughs) i'm not gonna hang out um 
but it, it is like I like that you point out that he is kind of uh, Luke or Ryan Gosling's character is pretty much a loner. So mm-hmm. even in the carnival, he doesn't really have anyone to like tie him down. So immediately he decides he's going to stick in town, stick around in town uh, without a job, without any way to support this baby or Ava Mendez. And uh, he tries to be a dad. But Ava Mendez has moved on or I'm sorry, Romina has moved on. And she has a guy with her, or his name is uh, Kofi, and it's played by uh, Mahershala Ali, yeah. who is uh, one of my biggest man crushes. I think he's super cool. Um, I loved him in Moonlight, which is a movie that beat La La Land for Best Picture, La La Land, that also stars Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Do you remember watching that live? Yeah, I, I, I did watch that live, actually. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. I always kind of felt like maybe it was like a PR stunt, maybe like to get some views in. But I mean, if it was, then everyone did a pretty good job of like playing it off because you can tell everyone involved in La La Land was genuinely shocked or looked genuinely shocked. Uh, that's another thing that makes me like uh, Ryan Gosling because. Uh... When that happened, they pan to everyone and everyone is shocked, like all the actors, but they pan over to Ryan Gosling and he's like clearly laughing at the whole situation. (laughs) I think that's so cool. Um, Yeah, that is funny. Speeding up a little bit, uh, Ryan Gosling stays in town, but obviously he's not welcome because Romina has a new uh, 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 boyfriend. So... Uh, Ryan Gosling doesn't know what to do. Luke doesn't know what to do. And he ends up uh, riding his dirt bike to get his frustrations out. And he runs into Robin. Uh, Robin, who's this guy who lives out in the woods. He invites Luke to stay with him. And he gets a job as a mechanic. Uh, What did you think of Robin? Like the character Robin? I honestly, I love uh, Ben Mendelsohn. I think he's really fantastic actor and he's played so kind of like genuinely um there is a scene i forgot exactly what the director derek says about this scene but when um luke is riding out into the woods and uh robin catches him riding out it was Mm -hmm. like he he described it as obviously this isn't verbatim but um like two beings that were meant to collide together colliding or like they had some type of like attraction toward each other mm-hmm. because immediately like uh robin's character walks up to luke or sorry robin walks up to luke and he's like dude you ride that bike really good like you need to ride into town and he's immediately trying to, to befriend this person that he's never met and yeah. he even invites him to work at his uh his small shop and give him like a place to stay um, so I think that was played really well by him. Like just, you can tell like he genuinely wants to have a connection with this guy. Do you think if, if I was, uh, Luke and you were Robin in real life, do you think you would invite me to stay with you? I don't know, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> A lot of dead air right there. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, a part of me would be like, 
Man, this guy has a lot of tattoos. This guy looks... <laughs> <laughs> Even though I have tattoos, I'm judging other people for having a bunch <laughs> of tattoos. But I think that's that's valid to say because he has a tattoo on his fucking face. And, like, yeah. anyone who has a face tattoo that's not, like... An indigenous person that's super intense to do. <laughs> uh, he like, even, it's not part of your culture. I think Ryan Gosling even told the the director because I guess the director let him pick out his tattoos, mm-hmm. and uh, he picked that little dagger on his eye. And he the next day, like they put everything on because they were going to continue to film, and I believe like makeup just reapplies it every now and then if it's beginning to fade. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Gosling went up to him. He's like, I don't like this tattoo. Like, it looks stupid. Can we take it off? And the director was like, no, like it's a tattoo. Like you made that decision. Now it's going to be part of your character. You're probably going to think it's stupid. <laughs> That's good. Like uh method acting. right there. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine getting a face tattoo and not fucking regretting it the next day. Like that must, that's, that's a huge fucking commitment. Yeah. I would get one. All right. <laughs> a Ryan Gosling yeah just like a little one <laughs> alright so uh, Ryan Gosling or Luke is down on his luck and he needs a way to make some money and uh, Robin suggests robbing some banks um, initially when this movie came out the first thing that grabbed my attention was that it was a heist movie um, but damn how quickly it turns is just so crazy uh, so mm-hmm. they start robbing banks the premise or like the way that they do it is that uh luke rides uh his uh, dirt bike into town he'll go and rob a bank uh he'll try to do it as quickly as he as he can and then he'll ride his bike off to the like like a mile away or so and then robin will be waiting for him to pick him up in this like uh truck and so he pulls up his uh, motorcycle into the truck and then they get away from there um what did you think of Ryan Gosling's performance when he robs his first bank. Um, I think that's when you first hear the yelling, like the high pitch. Like, I don't think anyone's ever heard that in a film before. And then he, I, I, I believe the premise of that was, um, the director, Derek told him to just go in there and yell at people. And I think that really plays into like a genuine, like rush of excitement and fear because his yeah. voice is cracking so much. <laughs> like it doesn't sound cool at all. It sounds like, like when he does like a Ken scream or, or the nice guy scream or something, <laughs> it's just like, put your hands in the fucking air. Like it's just, <laughs> it's like yeah, kind of like, comical, but at the same time, like it's intense. Yeah. And you're like, Oh shit. Like this guy's like on edge initially when I, when I watched this, I didn't like it. And also I knew that people would make fun of it, but now watching it, I probably would do the same in that moment. Like it's, there's nothing more scary than committing a big crime like that. Like you would, your nerves would be going all over the place. I like how before he walks in, he like starts to hype himself up. He starts like smacking himself with the helmet. He calls himself like an idiot and all this shit. And he just runs in and does it. Uh, but his screaming is really like it is cool. It is a nice touch. It like it's often something you don't see in heist movies. You you see the people be super professional. They know exactly what they're doing. But this just gives it such a a, a real feel to it, and it's really cool. Yeah, um, yeah, it's definitely grounded in like a realism, um, which is I I think it kind of helps too with 
how even a uh, Robin's character, or sorry, uh, how the character Robin described how fast it is. Like, like in, you're in and you're out. Like, boom. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, it was honestly fast, and it was all one single shot. I think it happened in like two or three minutes. Yeah. There's a lot of good uh, continuous shots in the movie. Like the beginning is one continuous shot following Luke from his trailer to his performance. The bank robberies tend to be a single shot. Um, And it just adds to the intensity and like uh, it makes you feel like you're there and like you're, you're keeping time. And the whole time I felt myself in the back of my head saying like, dude, you got to hurry the fuck up. Like this is not going to like hurry the fuck up. What do you, uh, uh, what did you think when he gets in the truck and he begins to throw up out of, uh, anxiety? (laughs) I, dude, I, I personally, when I get anxious, when I get scared or nervous, the first thing I want to do is throw up. I start dry heaving. Mm. Um, I remember as a kid, it was way worse, but now it still happens. Uh, so that, that I related to that shit. I was like, that's literally me. That that's exactly what would happen to me. I'd fucking throw up after something this intense. That's funny. Cause when I went to go see it, I went uh, with, with the date and when he, cause he's doing like this, this thing to like dry heaving sound. Yeah. Like, oh. And <laughs> sorry, <laughs> it's your reaction right now. Like, Oh God. Um, <laughs> But yeah, he's doing like this dry heaving and she kind of turned to me. And she's like, what is he doing? Like, why is he making that noise? And I, I kind of like thought to myself, like, what the fuck is he doing? But then I realized there was throw up all over the floor. And I was like, oh, wow, he threw up because <laughs> he was yeah, like, it, it was just such like a rush. It's like a combination of him like retching, but also like pumping himself up too. Yeah. Of, like, holy shit, I just did that. Like it worked out. And um, then the little dancing with the dog after they're all celebrating. I love, I love that scene. Um, he picks up the dog where I gossing Luke's or Luke picks up the dog and he starts dancing with it, but he's like kind of swaying its hips yeah. back and forth. It's so good. They also use the song um, uh, dancing in the dark by Bruce Springsteen. And I thought, man, they must've blown all their budget trying using the royalties <laughs> for that fucking song, <laughs> but it's so good. It, it, it fits in really well. Cause later on when we're following uh, AJ and uh, Jason, his son, uh, Luke's son, they use like the most basic generic, like hip hop songs yeah. that you can tell that was like made for the film and it just sounds so shitty, but uh, fuck it. Hey man, you got to pay big money to get a, uh, to get Bruce Springsteen on. <laughs> The the crazy thing is like about like right after that scene, um, Luke gets his share and shows up to uh, Romina's job and uh, she immediately sleeps with him. I'm assuming because the next scene yeah. is they're in his trailer and yeah. they're both naked. <laughs> like, it is. I didn't think like about it at funny. first. Yeah. Yeah. It is funny because like I saw people point that scene out and say like what the fuck like it's kind of like gold diggerish but at the same time it's like clearly she still likes him. Yeah. And the thing that her biggest hang up is is like how the fuck is this loser going to provide for my our kid? Yeah, <laughs> and, and he just pulls so up he has with money, like, like a couple k and then she's like, "Oh fuck yeah, we're on." <laughs> <laughs> we're on, baby. <laughs> um so uh Luke as uh, like they have this little man- uh, montage, he does a few more bank jobs and things are going relatively well. 
but he has a big downfall when he comes to uh, uh, Kofi's house unannounced and he tries to set up a baby crib, which leads to him hitting Kofi, getting arrested, and then he has his downfall from here on out. Um, he goes back to Robin and he tells him that he wants to hit up two banks on the same day. He needs a bunch of money. Uh, and there's so many good quotes in this movie. And this is probably my favorite of the whole movie. Uh, Robin looks at him and then he says, um, if you ride like lightning, you'll crash like thunder. Yeah. And I thought that was fucking badass. <laughs> I like that yeah. line so much. And then he follows up so, with, come on, don't be such a fucking pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, what else the fuck do you say in that moment? <laughs> you got owned, man. Okay, uh, Zeus, sorry. I know you're a little... <laughs> Didn't know you didn't want to rob banks. All right. We get it, man. You like the MCU, right? Thor. <laughs> got it. So, um, yeah. So Luke moves on. He does these two bank jobs on his own. Um, and yeah, guess what? Shit goes fucking bad. <laughs> it does not work out. And he ends up uh, fucking up the first one. He uh, doesn't get away on time and the cops catch him and he ends up barricading himself in some stranger's house. And this is where we get introduced to Avery Cross, uh, a cop who's played by, uh, oh my God, Bradley Cooper. Mm. And they end up having this altercation. Bradley Cooper goes up the stairs and he uh, kicks in the door where uh, Luke has barricaded himself. And immediately Avery Cross shoots Luke and fucking Ryan Gosling is dead in 48 minutes of the movie. Yeah, he falls out the window and like smashes the back of his head. Um, that did, that I, scene is pretty jarring. Yeah. Um, it's just like a close-up shot of, I mean, Ryan Gosling's body kind of just looks like a rag doll that you mm-hmm. threw on the floor. And like there's blood all over the floor and there's blood like coming out of his nose. I do like... <laughs> I don't know why it's funny. It is pretty fucked up, but how the two cops roll up yeah. on him. He's like, show me your fucking hands. <laughs> he's, like, he's fucking obviously, there's blood all over him. Like, obviously he's not well. They're like, show me your fucking hands right now. <laughs> I mean, like, that's, a, you know, that's exactly what fucking cops would yeah, do. They would, they would do, show yeah. up and just, uh, that I like, I that was the first thing that I noticed too, the two other cops. Don't fucking um, move. And you're just like, guts are out. He's <laughs> He's fucking dead, man. He's not moving. <laughs> but it is it is crazy. Like, I'm pretty sure uh, this is the first movie that I saw that Ryan Gosling dies in. I guess not counting The Notebook, technically. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's so jarring. I thought that he was going to be in the whole movie. So to see him get killed off in the first hour is just, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, when, I was younger, no, when I was younger, I didn't, I didn't like that. But mm. now when I'm older, like it's, it's really good. I like it a lot. Yeah. It's like a, like a big risk to take. Cause obviously Bradley Cooper has star power. Evan Mendez has some, and like, I think this was post, uh, cause Ryan Gosling came out with two movies in the same year, which was drive and crazy stupid love. And mm. they were heavily promoting, Ryan Gosling for this film and to like have that have like the star killed off is yeah. a pretty big gamble 
Um, I did want to say there's some great um, scenes that are building up to this. One of which is when uh, Luke goes back to get his bike and he finds that uh, Robin destroyed it. Yeah. Because he didn't want him going out and doing something stupid. So he, uh, he like, puts him at gunpoint and asks for money. All that buildup is great too. Like there's great, there's always like great buildup to the scenes when these characters interact with other characters. Um, and also that single shot of, or that single take of, um, the police chasing Luke on the bike and he goes through the graveyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently that, that ride that the person who's the man who's riding that bike is well known in Hollywood as a really good um, motorcycle stunt rider. But um, when Derek had this, or the director had this idea for that scene, he really wanted him to run through the graveyard, kind of like foreshadowing. Uh, but oh. they had to, um, trail out a way for the bike to follow so that they don't run over anyone's graves, which I thought was pretty cool. But um, yeah, and then that's where Avery and Luke's character come together, and then ultimately, uh, his character's story is over, and then Avery's begins. Yeah, I I like that you brought up earlier that the Derek Sion France wanted Robin and Luke to have this instant connection. And something that struck me a lot when he holds uh, Robin at gunpoint is that he puts the gun into his mouth. It's yeah. like super, super intense, but also kind of sexual. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you think it was supposed to be like a sort of double entendre like that? Maybe because he was like, <laughs> I wouldn't have that confidence with a, another man that I've only known for yeah. like a couple weeks. Like he literally, I think he covers his eyes and he's like, open your mouth. <laughs> it's very, it's very like intimate. Yeah. And it's yeah. very weird and kind of and then, creepy. very creepy. Maybe he was hoping to like put teeth down on like something warm and a little chewy. And then it's just like hard and metallic. <laughs> A little and that's chewy. when he... <laughs> and he's like oh fuck that's not what i think it is <laughs> and then boom it's a gun damn luke you're really cold today <laughs> <laughs> you're so cold it's so hard how's that possible? oh it's a nine millimeter god damn it um okay so we could sit you on uh just from avery's perspective after that uh avery gets in the in the in that scene, he gets shot by uh, Luke, but it's only after he got shot by Avery. So it's like his hand squeezed the trigger after he gets shot. So Avery gets shot in the leg. Um, he gets uh, in the hospital and he's hailed a hero. Everyone knows him as the police officer that uh, stopped a thief and killed a thief. Um, so yeah, he's, he's a hero. And this movie deals a lot with uh, committing to your identity, committing to a choice. Uh, Luke committed to this idea that he's going to provide for his uh, his uh, like baby mama and his son Jason at no matter the cost, and then uh, Avery is committed to this idea of doing the right thing and also making sure that uh, you com- you do the right thing no matter what. 
at any mm. cost. It doesn't matter if you look like an asshole in the end, you have to do the right thing. Um, so just to like, is there any scene that you want to talk about in specific when we talk, when, uh, Avery's, uh, story pops up? Um, I mean, there are a few, honestly, this is kind of where the film goes more into like, like a cop drama. Yeah. Um, because at this point, Avery's like deemed a hero, but he knows that he shot first, which in the eyes of the law, um, he had to have been um, tried or uh, charges that were brought up on Luke Lanton would be dismissed mm-hmm. uh, because Avery shot him first. Um, so it definitely kind of shows that he has like this guilt. Cause he finds out in the news that he had a son and Avery's character just had his son and they're the same age. And so he kind of really dwells on this idea of like, I took, um, I took the father from a son and the son will never know their father because I was scared and I shot this person. I think he does bring it up a little bit in like some therapy scenes and I think he tries to bring it up to his father in the hospital and his dad's yeah. like, like, don't tell anyone that like, keep that to yourself. <laughs> uh, he straight up says like, I can't look at my son now because yeah. I know that yeah. this other guy had a son like yeah. so fucked up. I mean, that's definitely like, I mean, I think with anyone like that would definitely eat at you, especially cause like how you were describing him. Like he always tries to do right. And he always mm. is trying to be morally good as far as like as an officer and as, as like a person, but like that he knows he's like living kind of in a lie and that yeah. really like eats at him, uh, which I think is why his character is so driven to uh, weed out the corruption in his police department. There is one scene I really like with, uh, or there's two actually with Ray Liotta yeah. Um, R.I.P. But R.I.P. Um, Derek also brings up a point that Ray Liotta is just so good at making other actors uncomfortable when it yeah. comes to like doing scenes. Uh, because there is there is the scene before they all meet up, which is they're all having dinner together, and uh, Ray Liotta's character he's going like, "Oh, the hero, the hero, yeah, yeah, what." Like he is, and and uh, um, Avery's wife, played by Rose Byron, who is a notable an actor to note mm-hmm. in that film. Um, she kind of looks uncomfortable, and he's like, "What? Like he's not a hero?" And he's like, "No, no, yeah, of course he's a hero here." And he's like, "Okay, yeah, he's the hero, yay!" He's like, "Oh, can we take he's him so... out?" Yeah, he's just so good yeah. at like being an asshole. <laughs> I, dude, Ray Liotta is so good. So his character's name is DeLuca and DeLuca is like the head or just a prominent uh, detective in like the vice squad. So he deals a lot with drugs, Um, but he comes over to their house unannounced and it's super uncomfortable. It's weird. And he has a couple good quotes in the short time that he's in the movie. The first quote that really caught me off guard is he's talking to the whole table it's like he brings along with him like three other detectives so Mm -hmm. he's having dinner with avery avery's wife and i think his mother-in-law as well and also uh their their uh son who is like uh his name's aj he's maybe like one years old but he says to everyone uh 
Uh, he says, I've been on the force for 22 years and I've used my gun like three or four times. You've been on the, on the force for six months and you already have one in the bag. And he was white. Oh yeah. So <laughs> fuck a guy. So immediately you get the sense this guy's an asshole or he fucking sucks. Um, but yeah, personally, I, I love Ray Liotta. He's so good. Yeah. There's even like one that's, that's not even like that bad, but I don't know why, like it really sticks in my head when they're like, Oh, do we have your permission for the hero to leave? And she's like, Yeah, of course. He doesn't have to ask. He's like, Oh, he's released. Release the hounds. <laughs> like <laughs> just like stuff like that is just it's like playing at, at them. And it's yeah. just so good. Um but yeah, after that they go to uh Romina's house or uh Kofi's house. Um, because Ray Liotta's character knows that there's definitely more money. Mm -hmm. And essentially, they go in the house without a warrant. And I think even uh, Romina tries to stop Ray Liotta's character. And she goes, you guys can come in here. Like, where's your warrant? And he says, you assume that we have a warrant, and I'll assume that your mom has papers. Like, stuff yeah. like sleazy 90s, like, racist cop shit like that. <laughs> yeah. It's just you so good when it's coming out of Ray Liotta. <laughs> Yeah, he delivers it so well. I'm sure he's like a very crazy presence to be. I saw a video of him recently where he's on some talk show and someone asked him like, who's the most overrated actor? And he said, uh, uh, Clint Eastwood. And everyone looked at him like, oh shit, don't say that. Like you're going to fuck up your career. And he says, it all, I don't give a shit. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure a lot of that energy he has in the movie is just like, it's just his personality the way he is. Yeah. In this scene, they go upstairs to find the money that Luke gave to Romina. So they speculate that the money is in the crib where, where uh, Jason is sleeping. And this scene is so... Oh, well, right before that, um, Avery has a quick little scene with Romina. Romina knows that Avery is the cop that killed Luke because his face is all over the news. And he just looks at her and says, I'm sorry for your loss. And she, and Ava Mendez gives the best performance just with her face, dude. She looks so heartbroken, so devastated. She's such a phenomenal actor. and She does such a good job in this movie. Yeah. But they go up to the, to the crib. And um, one of the detectives tells uh, Avery to hold Jason so he can get him out the crib and not make him cry. And so he's holding him and just looking at him. He's full of guilt and remorse. And the detective finds the money. He ends up finding the money. Uh, so you think they're going to like bust Romina. Well, what they end up doing is they just fucking hold on to the money <laughs> and they just divide it amongst themselves. It's yeah. the most crooked cop shit ever. And cops were doing that too. Like back in the day, I'm sure they still do it now. But just like, it's kind of funny because that's kind of like a heist too, in a sense. Like they yeah. go in there, they're in and out. They, they already know how to talk to them. And then they just bust out with, a couple racks each. Oh, and then they give a bigger amount to Avery. And he's like, no, like, like the Ray Liotta's character is like, the, the spoils go to the hero. Like, he just <laughs> always calls him a hero. You can tell there's like some passive aggressive shit about that. <laughs> uh, I like in this scene while they're in the car and dividing the money that there's a uh, Hall of Notes is playing in the background. Oh, yeah. And it's a callback to what uh luke says to robin after they're after when they're planning the heist he says mm. like oh we're like a good team there hasn't been a good team like us since hollow notes so 
again, like you like you said, like it's it's very similar to them just robbing a place. Like again, pointing back to this similarity between uh, cops and robbers that they're a lot of them can be the same people, just just as crooked as one another. Yeah. So the rest of the movie deals with Avery uh, coming to terms that the people around him are crooked and him uh, trying to bring them down. And he eventually does. Uh, is there anything you want to point out specifically in, the, in this section where, where Avery like brings down the bad uh, cops? Um, I mean, honestly, not really. I think at that point, um, the excitement for me at least wasn't really there just cause mm-hmm. like this movie is definitely rewatchable. I've seen yeah. it a, a handful of times, but, um, upon like, I don't know, my fifth or sixth rewatch of this movie, I'm kind of like, okay, like I already know where this is going. Um, yeah. nothing is really this the part oh, where you kind of tune out for the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure um i do like uh how there well i mean i guess there is one notable scene where he's talking to his dad and he's telling him like i mm-hmm. want to take him down he's like he's like if you're gonna take him down you gotta take down everybody yeah and he tells him that's like that's exactly what he's gonna do and i think he goes to his um uh what would they call the guy the chief of police and he yeah, tells him yeah. exactly what he's gonna do and the chief of, I guess his father pulls some strings and the chief of police is like, okay, like, all right, like let's bust him." And Bradley Cooper goes in to shake his hand. He's like, I'm not shaking your fucking hand, pal. Yeah. Like, like he's really pissed off about it. Yeah. Cause it, it, it kind of does highlight that mentality that cops have, which is we're not going to turn on each other, even though, mm-hmm. Some of us, some of the, some of them are doing really bad shit, but just like to have that sense of brotherhood, like it even, like it shows it so well, like just the fact that this is a good cop coming out and trying to weed out the bad apples, but even the guy highest up in, in the department, it's like, I'm not shaking your fucking hand, dude. Like you can go ahead and do it, but we're not like cool. Yeah. And also, uh, just to add to like Avery being more complicated because he's not just doing this out of the goodness of his heart. He also like extorts the chief. He tells him like, Mm -hmm. you're going to do this. I'm going to tell everyone how crooked our police station is, but also you're going to give me a job. Uh, You're going to, and it's like a high paying, I forgot exactly what the title is, but it's like a high paying job. It's nothing to like bat an eye. He's not just working behind a desk. Um, So he's also kind of a dickhead (laughs) because like, (laughs) you know, he's not doing it just to be a good guy. So, yes, in this moment, we cut to black, and it's 15 years later. Um, And Avery is at his dad's funeral now. He gives a eulogy, and then his wife, or his now ex-wife, tells him that his son, their son AJ, wants to go live with him. So now we follow the perspective of AJ. Avery is, like, running for, I forget what exactly the title is, but he's running for some position so he's now like this elected official uh, who's really prominent. Uh, so now we follow his son, AJ, who transfers to a new high school. And he ends up befriending some random guy that he just finds at a lunch table. And then fucking lo and behold, this random kid in the high school is fucking Jason. It's Luke's son. Yeah. And unbeknownst to each other, 
they're connected. They immediately found each other's like destiny that they had to meet. Um, and they start hanging out. Um, how did you like the scene of them just hanging out? Uh, these two high school kids, dude, I, I, I don't get what accent AJ has. It's yeah. so fucking funny. <laughs> Every like me and my friend, um, Adam, we always like go back and forth with it. He's like, your dad, I seen you fucking dad. Like it's, it's like, it's like trying to be like New York, but it's also like, like maybe he's trying to come off as maybe he's high all the time or something. Yeah. Uh, but he very... does like that one rap too, like a breath of fresh air. You don't care. I got the smoke blowing everywhere. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you know the whole thing. Uh, yeah, like yeah, I don't know if it was the maybe this is just be doing work for the movie, but like I think it ends up working out for the character because he is such a spoiled little dickhead. Like he tries mm. to come off as this like hard inner city kid and a little like this little badass, but he's just a spoiled brat. And um even uh, Jason points out to him, he's like, You talk like you're from Long Island. <laughs> you're yeah. not from Long Island. <laughs> They're from some place in New York where it's like super uh uh like preppy and, and rich. Yeah. Um, um I was gonna say it's kind of funny when I when I watched the movie, when I first watched it in theaters, I thought he was Luke's son. Cause he had like oh. the chain and the and like some tattoos and I was I I don't know why I thought like, oh, like that, this character is Luke's son and Dane mm -hmm. DeHaan's character, Jason, was uh, Avery's son. But I think it is a good contrast of like uh, Jason looks a little more like a normal high school kid, whereas AJ doesn't. He looks more like he would be a troublemaker. But it, like like yeah. you said, like he's just spoiled, so obviously he gets away with a lot. Whereas yeah. uh, Jason's character is more um, repressed, I want to say, and very, mm -hmm. uh, very bitter. So yeah. that kind of shows reflects in like because he deals drugs, or he knows people that sell drugs, and you could tell he's like he has like some type of some type of resentment towards his mom. Uh, Eva Mendes's character, because she doesn't want him knowing anything about Luke, which I think kind of holds well to how I guess um, how much love she had for him, for Luke. Because yeah. on like like literally like right before he dies, he says, "Don't tell my son who I am. Like don't yeah, tell him anything." Up. He calls her up from the phone in the, in the random house that he barricades himself in, and he pleads with her, like, just just make sure that he doesn't know who I am. Yeah. And he didn't. And that kind of, like, shit. strains on their relationship as a, as a mother and son. But, I mean, she, like, kept to her word. I do want to point out, so what ends up happening is that they're hanging out. They go to get some ecstasy that uh aj pays for since he's a spoiled rich brat and he spends like 500 dollars on ecstasy and they get busted by the cops and then uh we get to see that uh avery comes to pick up aj and they have this super intense scene where he like 
is almost choking AJ and telling him, don't yeah. hang out with this fucking kid. He gets a glimpse of Jason in the other yeah. room. And uh, we cut to court and somehow they don't know, but uh, Jason gets off the hook. Obviously, Avery pulled some strings and just let him go. But they cut to to uh, the characters, uh, Kofi and, um, and uh, Romina. And I think they aged Romina a little too much. Ava Mendez has like yeah. a lot of streaks of gray. Maybe it's supposed to symbolize like the 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 hurt that she went through, like really aged her. But I yeah, thought it maybe. was a like little too much. Yeah, she right. definitely looks way older than Kofi. Kofi doesn't even look like mm-hmm. he aged that much. <laughs> yeah. There's also when when <laughs> when Avery's like choking AJ. And like just mm-hmm. his accent again, like he's like, "Say it again. Say you're not gonna hang out with this kid." He's like, "Yes." And he's like, "Come on, say it again. You're not gonna." He goes, "Yes." <laughs> just, just he, like he has such a weird accent. inflection, dude. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the way he says it is so weird. It's like you're catching your breath and, and crying at the same time, which he is doing. But yeah. it's like it's just so. It's so weird. I think this is what I was most excited to talk about with you. This is weird ass <laughs> accent. Um, oh my god! And then uh, AJ runs into uh, Jason again, again, and he pressures him to bring drugs to a party he's hosting. Yeah, and again, just that accent again. Uh, wait, what did you say? What drug? It wasn't ecstasy, but what is it he was pressuring? Uh, oxy. Him to bring? oxycodone Mm -hmm. um and he goes you're coming to my party yes you're copying my oxy yes (laughs) it's very like uh it's fucking weird dude it's like almost jersey shore-ish yeah but it's just so fucking fun it's such a choice man but i guess maybe because we're not from the east coast we don't know but it's very fucking funny (laughs) oh and then and then before that uh Kofi had dropped him off, had dropped Jason off at school, and AJ immediately notices that Kofi's black. And then yeah. he goes to confront him in the locker room. He's like, So who's your dad? And he's like, Huh? Your dad. I seen your fucking dad. <laughs> when the fuck did he move in? And immediately, like, he I I think it's portrayed pretty well that Jason has uh, like a temper, like Luke, because yeah. he immediately yeah. gets in his face. He's like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Like, what the fuck's your problem?" Yeah, and he's like, "Chill, dude. You got a temper, bro. You better watch that shit." <laughs> dude, okay. If you guys don't watch the movie, <laughs> when you get to this point and you listen to AJ, you're gonna realize, "Holy fuck, Amelia is doing like a spot on impression." <laughs> <laughs> your dad. I seem to fucking <laughs> It's like almost American and British at the same. It's fucking so <laughs> funny, dude. So, uh, so Jason has like a, a confrontation with Romina, his mom, and asks who his dad, whose real dad was, and his immediately dad. Romina sta- stands. <laughs> Who's my dad? <laughs> uh, immediately she stands up and she leaves, and then um, he has this one-on-one with Kofi. We can see that. Um, they also have, uh, now Jason has a sister, uh, Kofi and Romina had a child together and Kofi is just a very good father. He's very understanding. He, he, uh, he seems like an awesome guy. Like, frankly, he's so cool that 
I, if I were Jason, I would not give a shit to know about my real dad. <laughs> like, who cares? <laughs> like, you have a fucking awesome dad already. But anyways, he tells him who Luke was. He uh, does a quick Google search and he finds out that he was a bank robber who was killed by this guy named Avery Cross. He doesn't know that AJ's dad is Avery yet. Um, and then he also finds out about Robin, how uh, Luke used to work at this uh, as a mechanic. And so he meets up with uh, Robin. Um, I really liked the scene where he asked him to like describe Luke, his dad. And he says, uh, he's just reminiscing about him. You can tell that Robin's like still missing him. And even though he like held a gun into his mouth, he still likes him. And he says, uh, he was like nothing. He was rare. And I love that. It's so fucking like poetic. Like I wish someone would speak about me like that. Like that's so fucking cool. (laughs) Yeah. What did you think about this interaction? You can tell that he's definitely like so enamored by Luke after like years of not having him around and just how like giddy he is to have like his son come in. He's like, yeah, let me show you like, this is where he stayed. We would talk and hang out. Like he's just so excited to talk about Luke. And I mean, which is so crazy because of the reputation that I'm assuming that he has within that film, which is like, this guy was just a carny who rode motorcycles and robbed a few banks. And I mean, he didn't ultimately kill anybody, but I'm sure he still looked down upon as a criminal. Whereas Robin's describing him as like, yeah, like we were, we were friends. We were hanging out. We would talk all the time. He'd always talk about you, always talking about you. Like this is his house. This is where he stayed. Um, and there's so many good parallels too uh in this yeah. film where one is the when uh Luke and Romina and Jason as a baby when he was still alive obviously they go to like that little um ice cream shop and they have ice mm-hmm. cream and like he's showing him the motorcycle which is exactly what I'm going to do if I have kids ever I'm going to recreate <laughs> that whole scene just uh, uh, just hold me and then I don't know <laughs> Just like feed you ice cream like that too. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Joseph, do you want to hear the motorcycle on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Emilio, please. <laughs> uh, Don't talk. <laughs> but um, and then when Kofi's telling him about Luke, they're at that same ice cream shop, and they're both having oh, ice cream together. Oh yeah. shit, that's true. Yeah. And um, when Robin takes Luke to his, I guess his um his home. I would assume mm-hmm. to call it uh, right after he kind of realizes like, okay, like I can stay here. He goes out for a ride on his bike. And then uh, when Jason's introduced to his father's home and uh, he, he kind of gets more of an understanding of who his father is. He's riding a bicycle down the same yeah. road that his father rode down, which I think is really, it really plays into that whole, um, uh, the consequences of like your fathers and like how we hold on to things that our fathers were too. Um, mm-hmm. It's all so visually there, but you can kind of yeah. like miss it if you're not, I guess, looking for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it, it, dude, like this movie, it's so funny. Like this movie really 
got to my emotions, like thinking about, I know anyone who has a relationship with their dad, like there's some, there's always some conflict. There's also good stuff I would hope, but um, it really made me think about my dad too. Like, it's just so, it's so good. It's such a great movie. Yeah. Um, so what ends up happening is that Jason ends up stealing these oxys from a pharmacy. He ends up going to AJ's house where he has, where AJ's having a party. Um, AJ starts gloating that he has oxy, passes around everyone. Jason gets progressively more like fucked up on drugs and, uh, and, and drinking as well. And he ends up hooking with, hooking up with some random girl that's there. And as they're making their way up to the bedroom, he notices a picture of Avery and he starts asking this random girl, is this, is this AJ's dad? Mm -hmm. And he puts it all together that AJ's dad is the fucking cop that killed his own dad. And he has a confrontation with AJ and uh, he starts telling him like, stop fucking with me, man. I know that you're fucking around with me. Stop fucking around with me. And they have a fight and man, Jason gets his fucking ass kicked by AJ. Yeah. AJ beats the fuck out of him. I do like how, um, how reactionary his character is just like Luke's. Cause immediately yeah. once he's out of the hospital, he, gets a gun mm. and he goes and confronts AJ while he's uh, in the house showering playing and, the worst hip hop music I've ever yeah. heard to the most generic sounding <laughs> shit. And he points the gun at him and AJ's like, yo dude, like what are you doing? And then he shoots the floor to scare him. Um, And then at that point he calls Avery, right? He calls Avery and he tells him to meet him in the woods, like that. He says, "Like, oh, I have your son." No, no. Um, what ends up happening is that Avery comes home. Oh, right. And we see that Jason has did. He's done something to AJ. We don't know if he shot and killed him because he's he's on the floor. And then he he holds uh, Avery at gunpoint. He tells him, "Get in your fucking car. Oh, yeah, that's right. Drive until I tell you to stop." Mm -hmm. And he end up at the woods. Um, what did you think about that scene where he's? holding a gun to Avery and uh, I don't, I don't remember him necessarily saying like to admit to anything, but I think Avery kind of just starts like spilling his guts. Right. Yeah. He starts uh, crying initially. Mm -hmm. He's like really pissed off because he wants to know what, what's uh, what's up with AJ if he killed him or anything. So he keeps yelling at him like, and then um, Jason orders him to take off his jacket and give him his wallet and I thought it was kind of funny that Avery and it really pissed off, like knowing that he has no other option. He takes it off and whips it at him. Yeah. And he like throws his jacket as well. Um, and then he starts breaking down. He starts crying. And the first thing he says, I'm sorry, Jason. I'm sorry. No, no, no explanation of his sorry. It's immediately understood what he's apologizing for. And in that moment, um, Jason goes to the car. He steals the car and leaves. What do you think that's supposed to like symbolize for Jason? What did that mean for him? Well, for me, from what I got from that is that he kind of ultimately doesn't become like Luke, like exactly like his father. Obviously, he committed a few fucking crimes and would definitely go to yeah. jail and face yeah. some serious jail time. But he had a moment, which I'm sure Luke would have taken, which is to kill him. And yeah. said Jason yeah. kind of shows him mercy. Mm -hmm. And I think that ultimately might be a little bit better because 
um, it kind of culminates into this is all happening because of the choice that Avery, choices that Avery made. Mm-hmm. Like maybe none of this would have happened if he hadn't shot uh, Luke. He would have like every, like everything would have happened so differently. But he kind of leaves him there, and he has to kind of stew with all his choices. Like now he has to worry about if his son's okay. And yeah, he's pretty much like not left for dead, but he's just left in the woods to like dwell and obviously get home and fix things and explain to his son, like why that happened. Um, cause I'm sure, uh, Jason's character would come out way different if he had shot him. Yeah. And so, uh, Avery makes it back home. We see that AJ's all right. He has kind of a cartoonish like bandage over his head. <laughs> like the cops are there. <laughs> there's an ambulance and he's fine. It turns out Jason just knocked him out or something. And then uh, we cut to his campaign. He won the campaign for whatever he was running for. I forgot what it was. And then um, it seems like things are better between him, uh, AJ and Avery. Like they find a better understanding of each other. And then we cut to Jason. He is somewhere out in like i have no i have no idea where some farm i'm assuming close to like new york like upstate new york because schenectady's in upstate new york yeah and um he buys a bike from a farmer and he Mm -hmm. buys it for cash for like 500 bucks or something it's probably cash that he stole from (laughs) from uh, avery's wallet and he tells him like i'm heading out west and uh he rides out but right before he rides out the farmer asks him like do you know what how to ride a bike you ever ridden one before and he just mm-hmm. turns it on and he starts going yeah. we don't know if he's ever ridden a bike before are we supposed to assume like he's I just so it. spiritually connected to luke that he could just he just instantly ride picks a fucking it up. bike <laughs> it's like in his dna or something and then uh we cut to black and that's it that's the end of the movie what did you think of the ending i i i really i really liked it i thought it really tied everything up very well. Although maybe uh, Jason's character didn't go down the same path like morally as Luke. He definitely holds on to uh, like a spirit or like a connection. Whereas like, I'm going to be a loner, go head out West on my motorcycle and make a life for myself, like disconnected from people. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good it's a good loop to end on because we start with uh with Luke who's a loner and he just does whatever he needs to do to be like to make it by and then it seems like Jason's going to do the same thing but he's at peace I guess or he's made peace with his demons mm-hmm. and uh yeah, that's it. You're you're just like your dad no matter what you do. <laughs> Yikes. There's no escaping it. There's no escaping it. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and give this thing a rating. So give me like a final summary of your thoughts and then give me a rating one to five. Well, I will say this when I saw Ryan Gosling in tattoos, riding motorcycles, I was like, Oh, I need to be this dude. Like, this is the person I have to be. I look for, I, I look up to this person so much (laughs) when (laughs) I was younger. Uh, but even watching it now, I'm just like, fuck, this dude's so fucking badass. <laughs> this guy's so fucking cool. 
<laughs> and um, I, although the, 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 I guess like the real meat of the movie is Brian Gosling's character arc or character story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the rest of the movie does hold up very well and it definitely divulges into drama, but I think it brings out those real, uh, um, allegories and those real, uh, parallels of like relationships between fathers and sons. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a long movie. It's two hours and 20 minutes. It took us an hour to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And just rewatching it. Like it's still a very well-made movie and it still holds up. Like it has high rewatchability, even though some parts do drag because obviously the action isn't there. Um, The person, I guess who has the charisma of like the anti-hero, the Dylan, uh, whatever you would, whatever anyone would describe his character as is kind of gone. It does still hold up very well, despite the fact that Ryan Gosling gets killed <laughs> 40 minutes into the movie. <laughs> so what's your score? Um, Like on, oh, like out of 10 or out of five? No, or one to five. One to five. One to five. Uh, definitely a five. Yeah, nice. this was like this is like peak like I'm literally him. This is peak like he really me for real. <laughs> like when he's smoking cigarettes on his bike, uh looking out in the cliffs, like I'm really thinking like damn, that's me. <laughs> I wish that were me so I, bad. <laughs> I think uh there's also I also saw this other piece of trivia that uh Derek Cianfrance really didn't want to make the movie unless uh Oh God! I just said his name like five times. The guy who plays Avery, Bradley Cooper. Uh, Bradley Cooper. He said that he didn't want to make the movie unless Bradley Cooper was in it. Which, if I was Ryan Gosling, I'd be like, "Hey, the fuck! I'm in the movie." (laughs) (laughs) But I think everyone does such a great performance. Everyone is so good. Ava Mendes, um, Bradley Cooper. uh, Everyone in the movie does is just top tier. It's really good. it's also really sad. It's also a good arc. I think the ending's pretty good. Um, and I end up caring about all the characters, even though I wish Ryan Gosling was in it the whole time. That would be cool. But still, I, I like everyone in it, uh, except for AJ. He's kind of fucking annoying. Oh, he's my favorite. <laughs> but his accent's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll give it a, I'm going to give it a five out of five. This is something I would watch again, definitely. I was going to say on the tier of Ryan Gosling movies, Mm-hmm. Where would you put this film amongst Ryan Gosling's filmography? Okay, so I think it's a good movie. I think it is a movie that is very representative of the reason why these literally me, literally him memes started because he is just a, a dumbass that <laughs> <laughs> that other dumbasses aspire to be. Hey. So, uh sorry <laughs> not you <laughs> so i think this is an s tier movie i think it's great i'd watch it again um yeah it's fucking awesome you gotta watch this one if you love ryan gosling so s tier yeah. for sure what about you yeah definitely s tier definitely this is where this movie and drive were really what um 
totem pole Ryan Gosling as like the Sigma loner dude who keeps to himself, but he's like the anti-hero. Um, yeah, I definitely, this is like peak, literally him, Ryan Gosling meme. So obviously an S tier. Okay. So then our final thing, we've already talked about it, but are you literally him? Do you literally see yourself as Luke, as handsome Luke? Well, I got a motorcycle for a reason and I got tattoos for a reason. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I do remember like when I got out of the theater, um, I, I was like looking at my date and I was like, I need to get a motorcycle and I need to get tattoos as fast as possible. <laughs> I walked out of that theater and I was like, holy fuck, that's a man right there. <laughs> and I want to be that man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you always talk about how you want to do suicide by cop. So that makes sense. Whoa. Uh, Sorry, was that too much? I was like, I said that? (laughs) (laughs) When did I say that? Oh, man. Um, Yeah, Uh, like I said. Oh, wait. Are you literally him? Did you say that? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm literally him. And I will continue to grow into him. Ugh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What about you, Joseph? Are you... Do you see any characteristics in this character... Uh, do you, that you see in yourself? Uh, honestly, no. Uh, <laughs> he's a character <laughs> that makes me uncomfortable. I can't imagine being his friend. If I were him, I think I'd make other people really uncomfortable. He makes shitty decisions all the time. I <laughs> truly felt more connected to his son, Jason, if anything. Um, and also more connected to uh, maybe a little bit more to AJ as well. So that being said, I this is the first time I do not literally see myself as him, not even 1%. So no, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> That's fair. Okay, so we did it. Another one in the can. Yay. Get down. All right, y'all. We will see you next time with our official review of fucking Barbie. Are we going to wear pink? Oh, yeah. Definitely going to bring that Kennergy. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then, y'all. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.